G'day, my name's Chris Anderson and welcome to Brisbane Wisdom. Today, I'm sitting down with Russell Peter from Pure Real Estate, who's actually my boss. So we're gonna jump into a few questions just to learn a bit more about Russell and why he got into real estate and what he's done over the time. So Russell, what can you tell us about yourself? Thank you, Chris. Uh, about me, I always struggle with this question because a lot of the times, it's not about me, it's about them or about an owner or a property and so forth. So it's, sometimes talking about me can be difficult, but uh, 41 year old male, obviously, I hope so. And uh, been in real estate for about 15 years now, ran pure rentals for nine of those years, nine and a bit years. And then uh, in the last probably year to 18 months, I rebranded to pure real estate. So property management and now branding out into basically the full package of real estate. Fantastic. And jumping back a little bit, how was it that you moved into real estate or made the decision to consider real estate? Very interesting question. Um, the long story or the short story? Long the, story. The please. long story. Okay. So the long story is uh, education for me was null and void, just, just scrap it. It didn't happen. Uh, pretty much left school with year 10, got a, uh, did an apprenticeship as a butcher, become a qualified butcher and then decided that I was going to travel the world at the age of 19. So I moved out of home when I was 16, uh, did an apprenticeship, and then at 19 decided that I was going to travel. In theory, I was chasing a girl, but let's just go with traveling for the sake of the story. Um, moved to Edinburgh, found a job in a pub, in a kitchen in the first couple of days I was there, and then basically started working. And then over the next five years, that was really my education of how I grew up. Didn't really look at a TV for those five years. Spent 90% of my time either working or um, reading books, basically anything I can get my hands on, anything from the classics to self-help books. And I really classified that as really my education into life. And then uh, in that time when I was traveling, I did everything from security to managing bottle shops, uh, washing dishes, chef, bartender, uh, pretty much you name it. I pretty much got dirty and did it at the time. And then uh, along that way, I met a number of people in the, that's kind of shaped my my career, which I'm happy to go into if needed. And then, uh, so why real estate? I then come back to Australia after five years and uh, traveled around Australia a little bit and then fell in love with Brisbane. Got to Brisbane and pretty much all I knew at that time was hospitality. So turned up here 15 years ago, got a job in a bottle shop pretty much the day I turned up and uh, working for one of the major brands. Did that for a while when I was on, you know, at the time, $40,000 a year, which is the pretty standard wage for the time. And after um, managing one of the local shops in West End for a good eight months, I tripled the turnover in that store in the eight months and the boss, big boss come up to me and goes, what, how have you done this? And I was just like, it's simple, just customer service, talking to people, upselling when needing and just being there and making sure the, the uh, shop, the shelves are stocked with product. And he goes, oh, how would you like to manage three shops? And at this point, to to get me the shop up and running, you know, my standard hours was 38, 40 hours a week, but realistically I was doing 60 to 65 hours, working pretty much 24 seven to, to manage that shop. And uh, he's come to me and said, oh, you know, do you want to manage three shops? And I thought about it, promotion, everyone wants, everyone wants a promotion. So I said, oh, what sort of pay raise is in that for me? And he said, oh, we'll give you an extra $2,000 a year. And I'm like, doing 60 hours managing one shop, and now you want me to manage three shops and you're paying me an extra $2,000 a year. And that was kind of the snapping point for me to go, there's got to be something better. And it just happened to be at the, that period of time, I uh, was buying my first unit in West End and I got along with the buyer's agent quite well. So then I basically spoke to that buyer's agent and said, looking to get into real estate, do you have any job? 
uh, do you have a job? So from there, he basically employed me and that was for my adventure into real estate. Fantastic. And had you always thought that you would go into real estate or how did that all no, no, come up was, for you? My parents are publicans. Uh, first six months of my life, I grew up in a house. So from six months to 16 and a half when I moved out of home, I pretty much lived in hotels or news agency. So I always had the, I always knew that I was going to be self-employed. I always knew that I was going to be in that path. And I always just assumed that due to my educational background, that that would be in hospitality or somewhere along those lines. So I always thought that that would be where I'd go. And I just kind of fell into real estate because there was nothing for me in, in the retail sector at that time. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned when you were overseas, you met a few people who shaped your life to sort of yeah. change a few of your decisions. Dodgy Can Dave. you walk through yeah. some of those? Yeah, David, um, I hope he doesn't see this, but David, uh, I won't remember his last name, I can't remember his last name, but he uh, sat me down, I was managing his hostel at the time in Edinburgh, and we had, a, you know, every now and then you have those heartfelt moments with somebody where you just sit down, you have a beer and you have a chat, and you could clearly see I was good at what I did. I was managing a hostel well. For him, everything was running smoothly and he was making money. And he's like, Russell, what, what's your plan? What are you, like I'm 21, 22 at the stage. What's your plan? What are you gonna do with your life? And I said, well, you know, I'm traveling at the moment. At some point, my visas are gonna run out and I'm gonna head back to South Australia or Australia and I'm gonna buy a pub or a restaurant or something on those lines. And then he just asked me some very pointed questions. And those questions were, is, is it good money? I'm like, well, yeah, you know, if you do it right, you can make decent money in, in pubs. My parents have done it all their life and they've done quite well out of it. He goes, oh, what sort of hours are there? And I said, oh, well, my parents work from seven o'clock in the morning to midnight, 1 a.m., seven days a week. That's just what you've got to do. And he, he kind of scratched his head and he looked at me and said, well, can you employ someone else to do that for you and still make decent money? And I said, well, from my experience, not really. You've kind of got to be doing it, otherwise it'll just turn to crap. And then he just looked at me and said, why would you put yourself in that situation? Why would you put yourself into a job where you know you've got to work from 7 a.m. to midnight to 1 a.m. every day of the week? You know you've got to be doing it, otherwise it's not going to run correctly. Why would you put yourself in a business that's going to do that? Wouldn't you rather look at a business that you know that you can have someone else manage it or you can manage it without doing the, the 60 to 100 hours a week and still make decent money? And that kind of stuck with me ever since that conversation of everything I did from then on in was more about what's what is that going to be? And I, it wasn't until I hit real estate that I understood that you can be in the business without being in the business and it's not a 7 a.m. to 3 a.m. gig to, to, you know, to, have a, to own your own business. And so jumping forward to being in real estate in Brisbane, what was that first role? The first role? Um, Another day. <laughs> um, the, my first role in business, uh, I actually got hired, and I remember the day quite well, is, um, you know when, you, when you're younger and you're, you know, nine o'clock is early. When you're in hospitality, if someone calls you at nine o'clock, it's rude, because you know, my wake up time would be 10, 11 o'clock, have a shower, get dressed, go to work at lunchtime, and finish at midnight. That was kind of the standard. So I uh, spoke to the buyer's agent, he spoke to his boss, the boss, boss called me at 9am and said, oh, can you come in for an interview? So I went in there and had a bit of chat and really all we did was speak about bottle shops and wine and stuff like that and he kind of just got to know me. And then um, I was pretty open and honest. At, the, at that time, my, my written skills were terrible. I'd never really been on a computer, forgetting this is 15 years ago when computers weren't really running the world. Um, iPhones weren't even out at that point. So um, I had that conversation that I'm gonna struggle with that, but give me a phone, give me a script, and I'm good to go. 
So that was fine, it went away, thought, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna get this, whatever's gonna happen will happen. Got a phone call at nine o'clock the next morning, saying, hey, it's Dave here, uh, we'd like to offer you the job. We'd like to offer you a job as admin assistant. And I just, it was like nine o'clock, I was half asleep, I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know if I was clear, but can I just come in and have another chat? Because I'm pretty sure you said admin assistant. And I'm pretty sure that was the one area that I said that I cannot do. Like, yeah, like writing an email at that stage of my life was scary. Um, so I went and sat down with him and he just said, look, we love you, we want you to work here, but you need to understand this stuff. You need to understand the process. You need to be out there to be competent, comfortable and competent on a computer and sending an email. So we want you to come in and do an order of our systems to understand that side of the role. So that was my first role as an admin assistant in, um, as a buyer, in a buyer's agency or as a sales agency. How's that? Yeah, I lasted two months. <laughs> I, in fairness, I did that for two months and I got a bit of an understanding and then they basically promoted me to a listing, a listing agent. So my goal from there was basically to pick up the phone and talk to owners about selling their property. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I, you know, the, the KPIs or the systems that we had to hit was fifty to fifty to seventy thousand dollars in commission a month that we had to, to bring in. Um, my first month was two hundred, my second month was two fifty, and my third month was three hundred thousand in commission I bring into the business. So I excelled once I got onto a phone call and got away from a computer. How did you bring in three hundred grand in a month in commission? Uh, I spoke to a lot of people. I picked up the phone. I did the letterbox drops. I sort of ran the process that they sort of put to me. I said, here's the process. You know, we'll do the letterbox drops. You know, at that time it was all about letterbox drops. There was no database, there was no weekly emails. It was literally just pick up the phone, speak to people, be honest, be open, tell them what their property's worth and have that conversation. If they want to sell and they like you, great. If they don't, pick up the phone, do it all over again. Hmm. And so at the time you walked into a business that had a database of people to call, or how did you find those numbers? <laughs> yellow, yellow pages. <laughs> it was literally, yeah. So obviously every inquiry, the business had been running for a while, so it had a database of phone numbers to call. But then we obviously con we concentrated on the Brisbane CBD at that time. So we had kind of had lists of the buildings and the, the owners and basically price finder and these sort of things kind of give you enough numbers to call through. And then it was just a matter of calling them through. Nice one. And so when you, first, first couple of months, just thinking about those numbers, you're expected to hit about 80, you hit about 300. I was expected to hit 50, 30 to 50 is what they were expecting. They put the numbers at 50 to 80 to make it so you couldn't hit those numbers. And how, how did you manage to smash those numbers by so much? I don't know. There was four of us doing it. They were all hitting the, the 40s to 50s. And I just had the ability to pick up the phone and have that conversation. And it's just a matter of, yeah. Having that conversation, getting to understand some of their needs and then helping them. Being there and, you know, oh, I'm thinking of selling my property. Great, this is what you need to do. This is how we can help. Does that sound good? Let's catch up, have a cup of coffee and we'll go. And so you would book that appointment, you'd go take that appointment and then you'd book Sign, that listing? Yeah. yeah, so from that, with that business, the model was a little bit differently where I would literally get the listing, get the paperwork signed, then half hand it over to a marketing team who would then do the marketing and then a buyer's agent's team who would run the buyers through the property. Mm. So once I got the listing, other than the communication with the owner, I didn't really have the further, the, the buyer side of things to have to handle that. And I, I guess in some respects, my, my upbringing of being in my parents' pubs, you know, I started pouring my first beer at the age of 13, 14, working in the front bar, skipping school to, to do a, a 10 hour shift in the front bar or an eight hour shift in the front bar for my parents and stuff like that, where you're sitting in front of 15 people that you see every day and you have to have conversations with them. So mm -hmm. just to start having those conversations over the phone or with other people just become natural. Yeah. 
And so how long did you stay in that business? Uh, that business, I stayed there for about five months. Okay. Um, long story short, I started hitting targets that they didn't expect me to hit. And based on that, they had to pay me oh. for hitting those targets. And unfortunately, they couldn't pay me for hitting those targets because they figured that no one would ever hit those targets. So they started changing the goalposts a little bit. And that was when I decided that that wasn't the business for me to be in. Right. So where to from there? Uh, there I worked, I moved to a um, Metro First National in South Brisbane, where I basically became a sales agent. So mm -hmm. we did both sides of things. Um, my biggest month we sold nine properties and on average I'd have between 20 and 30 properties for sale at any one time. So I started to get that traction that I learnt from in that role or I gained in that role and mm -hmm. started to implement it myself within that business. And did that for about a year, year and a half, got quite good at it at the time. And then from that, I always had the drive to start my own business. So at that point, I was going to go out and start my own sales business. And so I know from here, you ended up running Pure Rentals. So what happened to that sales business? <laughs> um, it was interesting. I, I was pretty close to going out and starting my sales business. So I was getting the name rather together. I was finishing my license, getting sort of everything started. And um, my boss at the time ended up selling a, a portion of his rent roll and the, the rent roll value was just over a million dollars. And at this point in my career, everything that I'd done within property was all sales. Never really, other than seeing the property managers down the other end, I never really understood anything to do with property management. And then my boss just sold half his business for a million dollars. And that just like, hang on, well, stop. How does this happen? What does this do? How does this work? And then from that, my, my whole thinking regarding a business went back to that first Dave where you're working in the business from actually having to do everything as a sales agent to a property management agency where you know the income is coming in every single week from management fees and you can outsource a lot of that staff and start managing staff and, and having a, a lifestyle or a business rather than the business running you. Hmm. So from there I basically quit my job and uh, made a couple of phone calls to a couple of contacts I had and said I want to become a BDM, hire me as a BDM for 12 months before I start my business. So I basically pushed back the, the start of my business for 12 months to go and learn property management. And just, just on that, so you have, let's say, 20 to 30 listings at any given time. You've done really well in sales numbers. You've picked up plenty of listings through phone calls. Yep. Was it a good sales market at the time? No. It was, it was the Brisbane CBD. It was the market that I was specialising in where the unit market had been hit or the, the new development oaks, the buildings that were built around that time, they were selling for less than they paid for. So listings were easy to get, hard to sell. So mm -hmm. for that reason, we had to have a larger number of stock. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't selling the, the million dollar houses in West End, I was selling the four to $500,000 two bedroom units mm -hmm. in the CBD with the average time in the market of over 200 days. Mm -hmm. So the turnover was a little bit slower, so you'd have to have three times the amount of stock there. And oh. the other end of it is I didn't want to rip my owners off by going, well, I can sell it for you today, but you're gonna to have to take a big cut from what you paid for the property, or we can wait for the market to catch up or sort of work with it to try and get the best return for you. And I know how it works now, but at that time, was that all commission only or did you get paid a salary? Uh, with that business for when I was working there, it was a base salary yep. and a very small commission. Yeah, okay. So 15%. So 15% if you talk to a real estate agent saying, do you want 15% cut yeah. to uh, sell a property with a base of 40K, they yeah. would laugh at you. Yeah. But, but that's what it was when I started. Yeah. And so you've obviously had good results in sales, but you realized that you property management made more sense to you. How did, it, how did you decide to get into that then? How did, how well, did it so I, 
as soon as I, because my brain works with numbers more than anything. So as soon as I, the calculations kicked in to go, well, this is what you can do in property management. Here's the asset. Here's the weekly return that you get from managing a, a rent roll. Uh, I then basically went and took my skills of being able to talk to people and pick up listings and converted that into bringing on managements rather than sales listings. So I went and worked for a local agent, one of the better names in the, in the industry in property management, and basically sat down with them and said, give me 12 months in your business, I'll bring as many listings as possible, as possible. I won't take any when I leave, I'll learn everything I can, I'll improve your business along the way. And then after those 12 months, I'm going to go do my own thing and you're better off and I'm better off. So you said that to him up front? Yep. It was and always a plan. Why, why lie? Yeah. Like, to, to lie, the back end's only going to make me look like an idiot when I le- left. So yeah. it was easy just to be open and honest. They bring on 120 managements in nine months. Wow. And if you do the calculations, that's about $1.5 million at the time of, uh, of commission for or the sales value of that rent roll. So at that point when I calculated the numbers and I was at the stage where I was ready to go, so I basically left there and started Pure Rentals. How'd that go? It went very well. I, so I bring on 100 managements in the first six months. So I was the first company in Australia to have a flat management fee. Mm-hmm. So most agencies will charge a percentage between seven and 9%, where we had a flat management fee of $24.02 per week or twelve forty nine per annum, which you now find is different in 15 different agencies out there that have followed that model since we started. Um, so as soon as I picked up that and started to market and brand that, the managements and those conversations, people started coming to me rather than me having to go chase for listings, mm. which made it a lot easier. A lot easier and a lot more stressful. Growing that quickly in those early days had its own its own issues. Um, I've, I went from a very focused communicator to not understanding that there's a process behind everything. Mm. It took me a long time to learn that. And so you've you've all this time in real estate previously has really been bringing on listings, communicating with people, and now you bring on listings and then you've got all this work to do. Yeah. As well. Yes. Yes. I realized that after I started, yep. which was a mistake, but it, it, it got me to where I am and it got me to learn that side of the business quite well. And if, you, if you're, you, you've seen, because you work for me now, the back end, the process driven how we are, that every action has a reaction or every action has a template and it has a step and a process that needs to be taken. And we find if we follow that process, everything happens right. And it's the same with sales. That, you, know, you list a property, you do certain things, you make certain phone calls, and yet you do certain actions and the results happen the right way. Where if you miss some of those steps or forget to do it, that's when it starts to cost you money or mistakes start to happen. People start getting grumpy and things go downhill. So I take it you learn the missing the steps by experience then? Yes, yes. There's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's always mistakes in every business owner. Yeah. If you ever talk to a business owner and say, no, we're perfect, <laughs> they're lying. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's made a mistake at some part of their career. And it's just a matter of, it's not so much making the mistake, it's learning from it and understanding that this is what we did, this is what we should have done, how do we stop, stop it from that ever happening again? If we do this and we put this in place and we make this a step in our process, in a, in a written process that we write down that we follow, we can't get to that mistake. If we can't get to that mistake, everyone's happy. And so at, in this initial phase, you bring on 100 managements. Are you managing everything in this business? I, Ooh, no. Okay. So I, I got big very quickly and I missed a lot very early in, in the process and I had help, people to help me to manage that process because it's, I was still very focused on custom service and, and speaking rather than the back end lease agreements paperwork. Mm. So I hired a VA 
um, about 12 years ago, 11 wow. years ago, I got my first VA, Iman, $3.29 an hour. So she was my back end, so she did all of the templated emails for me. She drove that process, um, fully qualified account, so she knew what she was doing, and she helped me through that process of getting all that back end stuff so I could continue to grow. And then at um, about the eight, nine month mark, we, um, I hired Ryan Douglas, who still works for me today, mm-hmm. as my first assistant property manager as a young 17-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. He just turned 25 or six or something along those lines. Um, so he kind of stepped in to, he put in the first, the 100th managements in my business, my sec 200 management, my 300 managements, and then from there. Mm. And so moving forward from there, how did you grow pure real estate after you brought on the, a whole lot of listings initially? I got a lot of staff very quickly. So mm-hmm. we went from zero to 10 staff in a matter of two years, wow. uh, which hurt me financially because we had a flat management fee. So the, the numbers, I was still running very lean. So I was still doing a lot of that work. And, and I learned a lot. Like I've got less staff now with more managements because A, technology has improved things a lot. I've got better at using that technology and I've got a better process in place than I had back then. So back then we were too busy fixing issues rather than managing a process so those issues would never happen. So that was kind of the difference and why, how we got to where we are now. And so have you always been very process focused or has that happened in the last few years? No, that's happened probably four or five years ago, okay. four years ago now. It just got to the stage where something had to change. Yeah. And it was, and, and I had people around me that, you know, for instance, my accounts manager at the moment has a math degree. You know, I've got people around me now that understand that process. So I can still, while I'm not running the process, I can still go, hang on, why are we doing this like this? This is a better way of doing it. Let's just change the process to this. And then it's their job to document that and, and implement it. And so obviously you've been able to bring on a lot of listings from phone calls. You've been able to start your own thing. You've been able to bring people together to build processes. What do you think is your key skill? What do you bring to the business? uh, Other than the the communication, the ability to talk, I think finding those gaps is probably a big thing that I'm good at. For instance, we built a a product a couple of years ago called Rental Queue. Um, At the time in the market, the application process in January, February, June, July, when most of our leases come up for renewal, we would have to hire extra staff just to process the rental applications because the application would come in with paper. You would then have to, you know, read read the application. You'd have to then get a piece of paper, scan it, send it off to another agency. They would then have to print that piece of paper, write down the rental reference, and send it back. And not only that, you'd have to do three or four phone calls to follow up on that. So we were the first company to, to basically turn that into a digital system. So RentalQ was introduced at the time where as soon as the tenant put in their rental application, it grabbed all that information sent on that rental reference electronically, which now pretty much every application system out there does. So that was one of the things that we found that, okay, there's something missing here. We can either solve that problem. We can either get buy technology, we can make technology, or we can talk to the people that own the technology to get it fixed to speed up that process, which has then improved our business substantially. And is there something in your past or maybe in your upbringing that's made you being willing to put your hand up and say, I can, I'm the one to fix that problem? Yes and no. Like, I guess to a certain extent, not really having the ability to communicate written. Like, you know, the, if you look at my desk right now, you won't see a pen and paper. Mm. Like it's not there. If someone wants me to sign something, they'll bring with them a pen um, because I just don't write anything down. If it's not on a computer or on my phone, it doesn't happen. So I've had to kind of learn to 
communicate around that. And then also with my parents owning a, a small family pub, if there's an issue, you fix it. <laughs> there's no one else to fix it. You know, I grew up in a, a population of 70 people. So it wasn't a great community. It wasn't a huge community where we had electricians and plumbers and you know, everybody at your doorstep. If something broke, you, you fixed it or you tried to fix it or you, you, know, you managed a way to, to work around it. That's just kind of how I grew up. And so when you think about pure real estate's offering in the market or, or even before that, pure rentals offering, apart from price, how is the offering different? So when we initially started, and we started at the pure rentals, um, I didn't have a marketing budget. We didn't market, I didn't market for the five years. I built a website, I then threw that website out, and then learnt a lot about search engine optimization and how that sort of works. So I looked at my website, got it up and running, great, my business is going and no one would call me. I'm like, well, how do I get people to call me without letterbox dropping and, and these sort of things, which I was doing at the time. Um, and then I, I basically looked at every other website in the market at the moment and there was really only one or two property management focused agencies out there and started to learn about landing pages and forums. So then I spent the first year of my basically my business writing scripts and, um, and building websites with landing pages to basically get people to find those pages to come to me rather than me having to go to them. Mm. And that's kind of what I'm doing now, redoing now with, with um, with pure rentals, no, not pure, pure rentals, real pure real estate still gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very hard thing to change after 10 years. Yeah, so now that we're kind of coming to the modern era, we've changed our structure, um, we've you know increased our, our market presence, we're giving away a lot more in the industry. Uh, we're now starting to do a lot more videos, we're starting to, to understand what the, the, the consumer requires out there and now we're starting to give that away. So you see on our YouTube channels where we're doing a lot of um, frequently asked questions and are trying to answer as many questions so people don't have to pick up the phone call and talk to an agent or talk to a property manager. They can go there and see that information at the tip of their fingers. And so it's, it's pretty clear to me that even when you started this, you were willing to give a lot of value upfront in being able to provide a, a, a cheap price basically when you initially started. I understand that now the way that you're looking to grow your rent roll is through giving value up front again. How do, yep. Can you walk through that? Well, there's two stages. When I first started with the pure rentals and the flat management fee, I was new. I didn't know anything. I didn't have the processes in place. So the one way for me to get shark market share was to be different. And to be different in those days was to have a flat management fee. Now, 10 years on, 10 years of being a property management only agency and understanding that process and only doing property management for 10 years. You know, for a number of years I had 10 staff and nine of them were property managers and one was a sales agent. So I got really good at what I did and now I believe that we're one of the better agencies when it comes to property management in, in Brisbane, if not Australia. So you've got a question regarding property management, we pretty much have either dealt with it or we know the answer or we can find the answer. So I've gone from having the, the flat management fee of people calling me going, you're the cheapest, we'll go with you, to now people calling me going, you're the best, we'd like to work with you. Uh, and that's something that can only come after being in the industry for a long time. Fantastic. And so in terms of that onboarding process for, for new clients in property management, uh, I understand that you have a package that you yeah, so have available. It's, it's all about the numbers really, Chris. So when I looked at it as you know, a, a rent roll, there's a number of them for sale across Brisbane. You know, owners or agency and principals are always getting in and out of the industry. Um, and to go out there and buy someone else's business 
on average it's two dollars fifty to three dollars per dollar income. So if your if your property management if your property gives me um, you know say a thousand dollars a year in management fees, I can then go and sell that to Ray White or the, another agency around the corner for two dollars fifty to three dollars per dollar income. So I know that value of your business and I know what it costs for me to go out there and buy it from somebody else. So I have two options. I can either give you something that makes you come to me or I can go out there and buy it. So we've um, we looked at those numbers and we would rather bring you on fresh than pick up someone else's mess. So we, we ended up giving away, um, so any new managements that come to us at the moment, we give them Terry Shear landlord insurance for 12 months. We give them uh, smoke alarms, so their smoke alarm package paid for, a water wise certificate. Uh, we know the, the marketing and the digital side of things is most important, so we do a 3D tour. And then we also cover professional photos as well. So roughly $1,000 worth of products that we're basically giving owners for free because we know that if we give owners those things that we get the process right because if it was my property, these they would be the five things that I would do to make sure that you start with a tenant correctly. If you think next five years for pure real estate, how would you like to grow? So I'm still property management focused. It's still the core of my business because I understand that without the property management, the, my business will fail. Because while sales come and go, the property management is what keeps my receptionist, keeps my property managers employed, keeps the overheads going. Um, so property management is always key and I'm always there to grow that. But at the same time, we understand in these markets that 10 to 15% of my rent roll will want to sell per year. So instead of passing them off to Ray White and the other agencies, sorry Ray White for keep mentioning your name, um, the other agencies out there, we've started to build our own sales team to be able to facilitate those transactions. Fantastic. And so obviously you're focused on growing that rent roll as well as building out those sales team. I understand that you've worked out processes that work for you in property management. Have you done the same with the sales side? Um, yes and no. I'm always adapting and learning. The good thing about sales and, and, and property management is the software out there is changing every single day. And you know, there's, there's products out there like Market Buy, and I speak to Dave every couple of weeks going, Dave, do this, do that, fix this, change this, and it'll make my life easier. Um, so we're using, you know, the products, the process changes every week when new products come in or something like COVID hits and you know, going to average auction campaign can no longer be done. So now, now the online offer system can be used. So I've, um, I've now got the property management team in place that's, that's being well managed and I can step in there and help where I require. But now my sort of my, my, I've kind of pivoted into the sales area to grow that team to, to get that running and the processes in place so I can have a successful sales business as well as property management. Fantastic. And um you mentioned that when you got into this business, you could see that there's an asset that's available for you sometime in the future. My super. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I don't have a super account because I'm self-employed, but yep. And so I certainly appreciate that you've got this asset and that's, that's mainly the property management business. Um, if you could paint the picture of how this business looks in, let's say, five to 10 years, have you got that in mind or? Uh, there's always a, a bigger plan and a smaller plan you know I you look at if you're into AFL football when you talk to a coach the coach will say well don't 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 talk about finals don't talk about what's going to happen in the future let's just talk about this weekend who we got this week so while there's always the bigger picture of where I want to be you know my main focus is this week this weekend and getting that process right so that we continue to grow 
and really it all is about growth. I'll still be here in 10 years time doing exactly what I'm doing now. Yeah. And so, oh, and it seems like when you think about growth, it's really implementing process to allow people to step out of the way and let the process do the work. Yeah, pretty much. Like you look at it as um, content. You know, content is key. If any, you talk to anyone in search and organization or websites or anything those lines, it's all about content. Like I'm having this conversation with you right now, but we're recording it because we want content. You know, uh, an owner asked me a question, I re respond in writing, I then use that answer and question as content for my website. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, doing those little bits and pieces, that process of marketing to grow your business. And it's the same within property management. You know, you, you run a process to, to get a result you want. In sales, you run a process to get a result. And it's the same with growing a business. We run a process within our processes to, to get those little goals to help us grow our business. And so I guess, based on that content, what you'd like to do is, is give people helpful content so that they can find, like hear about us, learn about what we're offering, understand that their question has been answered and then see us as the people in the market that can solve all their problems. Is that kind of the, yeah, the general uh, feel for uh, it? Uh, yeah, to, yes, pretty much. But the mindset of people have changed from 10 years ago to five years ago to where it is now, where the olden days, you know, my dad had a question or had to ask, had to, wanted to find something out, he would call a guy. If you don't call a guy now, you just Google it. Mm. You know, my, I've got an eight-year-old son who's, you know, addicted to his iPad, unfortunately. And, it, you know, he's got a question, Dad, how do you spell this? Hey, Siri, how do you spell this is, is the common response. So the, the mindset of any business needs to be to the same approach that the next generation or the generation out there isn't going to pick up the phone and go, hey, Russell's my sales guy, I need to call him because I've got a question. That question is now put into Google and Google is answering that for you. My goal now is to be that guy that when they do put into Google, we come up. Mm. And then when they do want to actually physically transact in the property area, they think of us because we're the experts. Mm. Is there anything else you'd like to cover in terms of how you've gone about building this business or what you'd like this business to offer or, or anything maybe that's different about what Pure Real Estate does? <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> um, it, it's, it's weird because, you know, I get asked that question a lot is how are you different? What, what, how are you different to everybody else? And the services that we provide as a property management as a sales agency is pretty much the same as everybody else. You know, we, we list properties for sale, we rent properties, we manage maintenance, we manage routines. I guess the difference is, is to a certain extent, is I understand the, the, the process behind those issues to make sure that when we do a routine, we don't find any issues because we've got the process to find the right tenant, then the tenant pays their rent on time, and then they also have got the process to make sure the tenant reports the maintenance and to action that, and then the process to follow up on the maintenance to make sure it gets done correctly in the time frame, and so forth and so forth that only comes with, with doing this role. So while we're the same as every other agency, I think that we've got the understanding in the back end to make, to make our business continue to grow.